Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific stocks are trending higher this morning, a bit cautious trading. Sydney and Seoul are both up about one-third of a percent. Tokyo is in the green as well, but not by much. This is despite another night of record-setting gains on Wall Street. Joining me now as we break down market action, he's Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. We're going to start this morning with a look at US versus China stocks. There appears to be a divergence going on in the markets. China's economy is well in front of the U.S. in terms of emerging from the pandemic, but investors have soured on China's shares of late, while the major U.S. indices continue to hit record levels. Over the past month, the CSI 300, which tracks stocks in both Shenzhen and Shanghai, is down 13%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng is in negative territory as well. So Ryan, why do you think this is? Does it all boil down to monetary policy, easy money in the U.S., not quite so easy credit in China. Yeah, so it's a case of a different place in a different time. So in that sense, you've got China ahead of the US on the economic recovery curve. So of course, they were the first one affected by COVID-19 and they were the first one out. So they've seen their economies, their industries, jobs coming back faster than the US. So that is also interesting to note. It is a bit of a reversal of positions from the last crisis. And what's happening from there is a bit of lessons learned from the last crisis. So in the last crisis, we had China pumping in quite a bit of stimulus. In fact, some people feel it was too much. And now they have a few issues with ghost towns, excess capacity, and a bit of overhang of debt. So they want to avoid overstimulating the economy. And now they are really doing their best to calibrate it such that they can start to ring it in. So they are more focused on the long-term fundamentals of the economy. So you've seen things like tighter scrutiny on things like fintech or even thinking about regulations around some industries for long-term sustainability, also looking at how they can reduce any systemic risks in the financial system. So that is what's happening in China. On the other hand, you've got what's happening in the U.S. People were complaining the last time in the past crisis that the U.S. didn't do enough. So now they want to avoid doing that and they want to do maybe a bit more than they need. And going by the early indicators or some of the latest indicators, we have been seeing some patchy um, instances of data. So you do have some encouraging signs, but not enough to convince everyone that the recovery is going to be roaring back. So they need to make sure everything's firing on all cylinders. And that's why on top of the latest $1.9 trillion stimulus, there is already conversation happening about what to do next. And that is around a infrastructure stimulus package, which we are not clear yet what that final sum might be. Now, one China stock that has been caught up in the sell-off is Tencent. It fell more than 4% on Friday and then again on Monday. The company has lost more than 60 billion US dollars in market cap. That is equivalent to the value of its fintech business. So, Ryan, what is fueling the sell-off in Tencent shares? Yeah, it's a bit of the wider crackdown on risks in the system. And this is now seeing Tencent as the latest target. So, 
Tencent has its finger in many pies, including fintech. So no surprises after Ant Group, Tencent is now next on the to-do list. And you also have Tencent quite dominant in the gaming sector. And according to reports, that is another sector that the Chinese government is trying to crack down on. So all in, the Chinese government is trying to review the market dominance of some of the monopoly powers in some of the big sectors. So they are getting a bit concerned about the unfair or unlevel playing field that is playing out, also the market dominance, which can have an influence in swaying public opinion. So that is what is playing out right now. You've got last Friday, actually, the Chinese government fining a couple of companies to the tune of 80000 US dollars. So not a lot in terms of a slap on the wrist, maybe. Mm. No, it, but when you talk about a Chinese tech company worth the billions, what is eighty thousand dollars? And, and this was for not getting approval prior to investing. Mm, not getting approval prior to previous acquisitions, Earlier. current acquisitions. So just finding almost like an excuse to find them. Mm. So a lot of signals being sent by this token fine that this could be the signal, or this could pave the way for even more regulatory clampdown in these sectors. So why even bother finding them $80,000? Because it's not going to hurt them, right? Mm -hmm. To send a strong signal out. Despite the recent sell-off, Tencent is still up 11% since the beginning of the year. Now, Alibaba, meanwhile, continues to come under pressure from Chinese regulators. Beijing is now reportedly pressing Jack Ma's company to sell off its media assets, including South China Morning Post. So, Ryan, what is the latest here? Yeah, it looks like Jack Ma really rubbed off someone the wrong way in the Chinese government. So on top of the troubles around Ant Group, he now has to deal with his media assets under Ant Group, or rather Alibaba Group. And of course, this really is in focus around the South China Morning Post, which Alibaba acquired, and not just SEMP, but a slew of other smaller media assets that mm. includes things like stuff in social media, mm. stuff in advertising. And it is pretty much the Chinese government getting a bit more concerned around how Alibaba has become so influential to the point that it might be able to sway public opinion in what's happening in the news and current affairs. And apparently one of the instances that made the Chinese government and officials sit up is a an episode where we had a an Alibaba executive involved in a scandal, an affair. So apparently Alibaba tried to censor out some of the news mentions from its media assets. And that was something that really sparked concern in the Chinese regulator space that, hey, if Alibaba can do something like that, down the road, what's going to stop them from doing something else that might not be favorable to authorities. So that is now starting to make them think twice. Of course, on top of the annoyance, apparently, that uh, that Jack Ma has rankled with his speech against fintech regulators. So you are seeing quite a bit of backlash from regulators and authorities against Alibaba now. So China has proactively burst bubbles in stocks with frothy valuations, so perhaps investors should refrain from sectors with those high valuations and shift towards cyclical players that are expected to benefit from China's economic recovery. Now, in other corporate news, investors appear to have applauded a move by 
Tesla to shake up its heavy trucking division. The electric vehicle maker is shifting Jerome Guillen, who has been running the automotive division, to trucking. So Jerome being moved, Tesla shares rose as much as 2.8% following that announcement. Meanwhile, Elon Musk has given himself a new title. So Ryan, what is a techno king? <laughs> well, your guess is as good as mine, but that is the latest name or alter ego that Elon Musk is going for. He is not just the CEO, he is the techno king of Tesla. And it's not just the CEO name that has been changed. You have the CFO. He has a new name as well. Mm. Master of Coin. <laughs> so no clear reason why these titles were given. But if you try to extrapolate it, maybe they are trying to make themselves more hip and more relevant to their investment community, which are the younger crowd, the tech-savvy crowd. So maybe these new names will win some additional popularity of them. Mm, so, yeah. of course, this is on the back of them investing big time into Bitcoin, $1.5 billion worth last month. So who knows? Maybe a change of title is the next phase of the new management uh, approach where you, you know, used to have things like chief happiness officer, Oh, chief yes. Sustainable Officer, Chief mm. Digital Officer. So maybe this could be the next big thing. Yeah, it's all about plugging into pop culture, isn't it? In a way, uh, making Tesla relevant to a particular demographic. So time now for one of our favourite segments. It's called Up or Down. I name an asset or item in the news and Ryan tells us whether it's moving up or down. Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. United Airlines. I would say it's up. And that is because over the weekend, we had really good data showing that travel is back up again. It's highest levels in a year. So you've got stocks, or rather share prices of United Airlines, up by quite a bit, touching a 52-week high overnight. The last I saw it, it was as high as nearly 7%. Yeah, I'd say up as well. The airline was the best performer among the S&P constituents overnight. I saw it rise more than 8%. Uh, next, Toys R Us. Toys R Us may have a new lease of life in the US. So you've got a new owner. Mm. They've taken ownership. And this is a brand management company called WHP Global. So they've acquired the controlling interest in True Kids. So it is trying to make a revival of the brand Toys R Us by opening stores once again in the US. Of course, the backstory is it didn't pan out the, in the past few years with Toys R Us going bankrupt and they had to sell all the assets. But now they think it could come back in the form of pop-up stores, the form of being a store within the store. So they are trying to find new formats of surviving in the new world, so to speak, because after COVID-19, everyone is looking for toys. So they think they could ride this wave to a new high for Toys R Us. Yeah, just some background here. Uh, I'd say up as well. So Toys R Us has continued to operate here in Singapore. But remember, its US stores closed down after the company went bankrupt several years ago. So WHP Global, that new owner, planning to reopen Toys R Us stores over in the US. Next, let's look at AstraZeneca. Okay, I would say down for AstraZeneca because of the concerns right now around reports that there are serious blood, clot blood clotting um, side effects happening with people taking AstraZeneca. So you now have Italy joining the likes of France, Germany, Ireland and the Netherlands in suspending the use of AstraZeneca. So not looking good for AstraZeneca. Yeah, 
I'd say down as well, given so many European countries have suspended the use of AstraZeneca's uh, COVID vaccine amid those reports of blood clots. International regulators maintain, though, that the vaccine is safe. Aztec Global... Okay, so this is the homegrown IT company that went public on Friday. Yeah. And we eventually saw the Friday action stock price was up just one cent above the IPO price. So the latest we are getting in terms of headlines is UOB as the stabilizing manager has bought 10 million shares in Aztec. So it is pumping in more support for its share price. I would say down because I was hoping for Aztec to put in a bigger or better showing on day one. But right now, it's flat from Friday and it's flat on Monday. And not looking good if you need your stabilizing manager to pump in more money to support your share price. Yeah, I'm going to go with down as well. Uh, since going public on Singapore Exchange on Friday, Aztec shares have been flat. And now UOB, the company's stabilizing manager, stepping in to buy 10 million shares to lend support to the stock. Keep an eye on Aztec Global for you. Next up, Guoco, Cor- Guoco Group. Okay, Guoco Group, the backdrop or background to this is GL. That is... A company they are trying to buy out. So they have raised their offer price by 14.3% from 70 cents to now 80 cents. So that is a bit of an up for me, a sweeter deal for shareholders. And that is also seeing its share price for GL go up. Okay, I'll go with up as well. Not sure if it's good news for the group, but it definitely is for GL shareholders. Goko has raised its offer price for the company by 10 cents to 80 cents a share. So, Brian, you know when we talk about stories like Bitcoin's rise or GameStop surge, do you ever get that feeling, that fear of missing out? Oh, I get a fear of missing out all the time. (laughs) Me too. Uh, There is an ETF for that now. A company is registering an exchange-traded fund that tries to uh, mimic FOMO trades, those based on the fear of missing out. So tell us, Ryan, how does this work? Yeah, if you're FOMO and you're also LAZY, you can now buy an (laughs) ETF to do all the work for you. So this is the latest product in the innovative financial space a FOMO ETF. So how does it work? It's going to buy up everything that people are FOMO about. So it could be anything from other ETFs, other derivatives, other specs, other stocks, other products, anything that people could be FOMO about. So it could be GameStop, could be Bitcoin, it could be whatever's making the headlines, could be anything. So it is also worth noting the FOMO ETF needs to keep up with trends. And that means it will be rebalanced weekly. So that is quite a constant churn for an ETF. And that means higher fees, higher costs, higher taxes. Mm. So you have to be wary about that going into this so-called formal ETF. And for now, the manager says it is going to be focused in US-based investments, but eventually it could go around the world. So if you are into what's going to be possibly the next big thing or want to invest in the next big thing, the formal ETF could be for you. Yes. Uh, You sound like an infomercial there. I like that. Now, yesterday on this show, we talked about plans for a new travel bubble between Singapore and Australia. That news gave a boost to Singapore Airlines yesterday. It jumped more than 6% to its highest level in a year. Overall, the Straits Times Index rose one-third of a percent to top the 3100 level. It finished at 3106. So how is the SDI doing this morning, Ryan? Is it adding to those gains? It is pushing up higher and I'm looking at the STI gaining 
0.2%. So we are pretty much pushing near one-year highs right now. And looking at some of the stocks that have been focused, we've talked about the possible travel bubble between Australia and Singapore. There was a big boost for travel-related stocks yesterday. So let's zoom in on SIA. So SIA is extending the gains from yesterday. So it's right now up by 1.6%, building on yesterday's gains of 6.2%. You've got also sets in the picture. So that was the online, or rather the in-flight caterer, also building gains now up by 0.4%. And SIA Engineering, also a travel-related stock, that is now up by around, or rather is now given up those early gains. It's now down by 0.3%. So you are looking at a bit of a mixed picture for travel-related stocks. And if you look at, excuse me, banks as well, that seems to be a mixed picture as well. DBS is up 0.6%. And OCBC is down by 0.5%. Generally, when Ryan starts losing his voice, that's when we wrap up the show. Don't you think it's a good time to do that? <laughs> Thanks for joining us here in Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.